You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, guys? We've got some grow talk on a Tuesday today. A little bit of travel delay. Yeah. I'm back. I was at a party, man. My grandma's 100th birthday party. So Wow, man. That's 100. Dude, that's legit, bro. Yeah, I had to bounce up to Canada for a minute, and she's still pretty legit. Still gets a little confused, but she, uh, when we went out for her birthday dinner, she, when my pint came, she stole it for a minute. I was like, you're going to kill yourself. Plus, don't drop it, man. That's valuable stuff in there. <laughs> That's <laughs> took, awesome, man. So she's still with it at 100? Yeah, yeah. She's with, she's with it. She knows who most everybody is and cracks you up. Funny. She's funny at 100. That's what's funny. It cracks me and my wife up more than anything. But anyway. I wonder if you would have told her that like was, 30 years ago. And she, I'm sorry, like when she was 70. Be like, oh, yeah, don't worry. You'll be around for 30 more years. It would probably be surprising, no? A little bit. You might plan a little differently. So, <laughs> I guess I so. But uh, I guess I should cut down to a pack a day. Winnipeg, Manitoba, just hung out there. But we're here for Grow Talk. 13 questions of Grow Talk today, as well as just a little bullshitting. Dude, we were bullshitting earlier. Dude likes to get, excuse me, dude likes to get pepped up for the show. He'll usually listen to some good good music or something like that. He's getting all amped up. So I tried to, to take a page out of his book and on my Facebook page, one of my mountain biking friends put just this amazing, it looked like this absolutely death defying course down just some exotic mountain. I mean, literally you have six inch line to do it correctly or you die. And so I sent this to, to, to dude thinking it was going to blow his mind and he's going to be like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, yeah, that's just a Red Bull whatever challenge. It's a contest that's, you know, that guy's just a contestant going through it. And I'm like, what? In 2016, I seen the Red Bull Rampage or whatever in like 2004, though. And I mean, yeah, they were doing extreme stuff, but it wasn't like if you messed up, you died. I mean, this was falling off a cliff. <laughs> Yeah, I thought when you told me, you're like, you're going to check out this mountain bike thing just for the hell of it. Like, I was, you were in public and making noises and people were looking yeah, at it. Yeah, I was like, at Starbucks, like, thing. wincing and going, oh, God. I thought it was going to be uh, be some crazy-ass crash or see something, you know. And it's just a guy catching his line, Red Bull Rampage. And, <laughs> and if he doesn't like, catch his line, he dies. <laughs> you're like, the sport is going to kill your riders. Yeah, how do you? And yeah, actually, I mean, NFL, you think that's dangerous enough, man. But uh, these, this Red Bull shit, I mean, dude, you were falling off a cliff. It was either you did awesome or you fell off the cliff. Those are your two choices. Well, we'll wrap it up with, uh, iron- ironically enough, last year. Isn't Paul it ironic? Dota, Don't you think? He, he, uh, he, <laughs> that is a, 
a point. He, he did get severely injured, almost completely paralyzed himself, and is still recovering. So this year they decided to take out all anything man-built, but you can still ride any of the natural lines, and that's the line we were looking at, Scotty, was a guy just taking a natural line. Yeah, the guy was basically down the, riding down. down a huge mountain trail. You know what I mean? Like just the craziest <laughs> single – I don't know. I don't even think – is that single track? Is that what you call that? Uh, free ride. I, I don't even know craziness. what that is. But then – so I'm like, oh, my God, thank God he lived. And then at the end I'm like, wait – there, there's nothing left. There's nothing to ride to. And he just jumps like a 60-foot gap, makes it. <laughs> oh, my. Forget it. That, you know, Guys, check it out. I'll give official shout-out to the Red Bull Rampage. It's coming up here soon in October. If you're Biking fans or just like to see crazy shit, NBC Sports also covers that one. So pretty cool stuff. Hey, anyway, I, hang on. I'm going to. Weed. I'm going, cannabis. I, one last thing is I want to know if anyone wants to go with me, I'm going to the Pikes Peak Challenge. I don't know if I can go this year or next year because I heard you got to like reserve it a year in advance. I want to go see people race up Pikes Peak, man, at 14,000 feet. So. Hell yeah. Not just people. Semis, diesel-powered <laughs> sports cars. <laughs> yes. That's a crazy shit. Yeah, so that's another thing. It looks like they're going to die every time. I think there's been two deaths in like 70 years or something. All right, so we deserve to go into uh, well, well, executive producer. You got executive producer for today's I show? I do, man. We have got to give it up to KDK. Have you? Uh, have you? Did were you participating in Google Plus at all, or did you check that out? I guess you you're up in Manitoba, but KDK is the first one to get a DGC tattoo and a very legit DGC tattoo as well. Awesome! Really, where at? <laughs> yeah, I can see it on her foot, and it's the DGC with the, okay. with the, with the leaf behind it. And man, it looks great. I figure she would have done it on her chest. <laughs> My wife is like, <laughs> "Okay, now you got to go." She's like, "That's cool. You got to get one of those." I was like, "Hmm, hmm." <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude. Tattoos is everybody's own call, of course. I've got a, a, a few. One unfinished. It's been unfinished forever. Tramp stamp. A few other weird things. But whatever. <laughs> You know, it's fun. It's only your skin. <laughs> Just don't go for the neck and face, and you'll be fine. Ah, uh, hey, what can you do? Different strokes for different folks, man. I know people have oh, neck shit. tattoos. They look Hobie good. Dill's gonna yeah, be pissed. Yeah, he looks good, man. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, no, he's he's got he's got a look going on. I don't mind it. No, no problem there, Moby yeah, Dill. I, take it easy. I seen uh, what's his name, um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Have you seen his tats? They're crazy looking, man. It's beautiful artwork. What's that uh, soccer player's kid? Yes, that's who it is, dude. Odell Beckham Jr. is a soccer player. He plays for the New York Metropolitans. What? <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No, I can't. No, he's, tell what the he's, hell he's a football it. player. Big, big football player. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So before we do any anything else, we've been you know six something minutes in the show. Whatever. Let's do a grow talk question here. Feel, I start to feel too much like we're doing what's growing on. We'll back up. We got a couple shout-outs to some supporters, but I want to talk about this Paclobutrazol, Paclobutra or Paclo or PB something maybe for short. Paclo, yeah. Paclo though makes me feel like we're talking about like a like a not a reptile, some type of you know big animal <laughs> in Africa. Paclo. This isn't is a it? Paclo from the uh, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't even know what era. It's from the Paclo. All right, well, we got the title here. Using Paclobutrazol during veg? Question mark. Hmm. I have some extremely lanky buds. Oh, man. They're in veg. Uh, my fault. I let them get away while on vacation, and they still have about two weeks before I can put them in the flower room. 
I'm topping as much as possible, but they're already okay. So he's just talking. He's got pretty lanky, probably stretched out growing pattern. Right. So I've heard of people using Paco during the first week of flower, but never veg. <clears throat> Any insight? What do you know? What do you know, Scotty? And they got a big picture here of bush load. <laughs> bush load, which, like uh, the last Paco product out there, I think. And it's technically, I don't know, not technically. I think technically it isn't General Hydroponics, but I believe that's their product. Yeah, distributed really, or, or something like that. Sure. They're the, about the only guys that have the juice anymore to get that still pushed through. And we were laughing about all the different incarnations of Packlow that's been through. I remember it was, uh, shit, what the hell, Superbud, $500 a bottle Superbud back in the day. Um, yeah, but what about this one? You, you Hold off. You know the name of it. I read actually an article in THC, the Hemp Connoisseur magazine, right. and um, this is pretty interesting because I remember selling uh, a bunch, actually just tell it, man, a bunch of phospho loads. Sure, right? definitely, man. Back in the day. And this is this guy, Matt, in quotes, Bubba Kush Burger. Um, he said he was visiting a grow, and he's, he didn't want to mention what the product was. He didn't in his article. I could care less. It was known to be can cancerous, I believe. Uh, but he's like, the directions on the bottle grossly overdose your plants with mad amounts of phosphorus and whatever else, which makes your plants finish far too early, produce unusually hard buds, yeah. deformed, deformed and discolored hairs, and it basically ruins all the smell and, and flavor. Wait, what the hell is this, man? This is hilarious. This is exactly what it does, man. Somebody went and made a fake label? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, this is just a, uh, I just pulled out of an article here in THC. Uh, it was interesting. I found out the guy was talking about horrible experience with fossil load. It um, does make, and then we it does make your butts fucked up looking, exactly what he said. Yeah, we sold a bit of that shit back in the day. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever use it before, when you were ignorant to like, Absolutely. did anybody give Dude, of course it I've in been, your I've recipe? Been ignorant. I didn't know what it was. It was just sold to me as super bud. They were like, it was back when the BC bud craze was going on, and that's what you had to compete with was those the first round of really cheap, you know, I don't know if it, I guess it was indoor bud. But did you guys get those BC buds, $2,000 pounds coming through? No, <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> anyway, they really fucking threw a chink into the indoor game back in the day, and then people were looking to compete, and so they didn't really care about quality. This is the total prohibition era. And, uh, yeah, I remember a lot of people using that kind of stuff and made things finish a little bit earlier, made this just rock-hard, ugly bud, you know? Yeah, and that's what you're trying to compete with coming out of BC. I think you're going to lose. I, I, whatever. I'm, j I'm just saying that it's all bad. It, it was, it's all bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, you really get the uh, – uh, take, take all the essence out of the bud, in my opinion, if you use that shit too late. Now, that being said – uh, there is uh, a recipe for using it. I think Costa Mesa Steve reviewed a recipe for using the tiniest bit of it the day that you flip. I want to say it was like a half of a mil of bush load. And I might be totally wrong. I do think that we have this resource on the website. Go look at Costa Mesa Steve uh, uh, grower section. But I'm pretty sure it was something he was using like the tiniest but half a mil to a five-gallon bucket or something, treating once and then being done mm -hmm. with it. You know, and, and I think he did say that would stop his stretch, but I, I honestly don't remember the details. Yeah, don't forget, you can use that search bar over at dudegrows.com to find a lot of stuff. But the professor here chimed in, said, Paclobutrazole is pretty gnarly stuff. Agreed. It has been determined by some to be carcinogenic. Topping training, bending, super cropping, and learning the, um, the plant would be much better way to go. Try and use a natural plant growth regulators found in seaweed and other natural sources to create a full canopy, then flip to flower. 
will take longer, but those bottles like phosphor load, bush load, and old gravity are all to be avoided if at all possible. It works by cutting off certain pathways, which is why height is reduced, but the same chemical pathways also are needed for quality, and you can often tell flowers that have been treated with Paclo or Daminozoid. Never heard of that one. Daminozide. Interesting. Thanks, the professor. Um, yeah, I'll smoke to that, man. It really, you, there's better things you can do. You could do some creative training. If you've got a super leggy plant, man, go get yourself some, uh, uh, like all bamboo stakes and start staking them, start making little S curves in there. So you're pulling them down, curving them back and forth. You can take two stakes and just curve them back and forth and just wind them back and forth. You can get a lot more flower, um, you know, by doing that and just by creatively staking your plants. So I, I, just because they're tall and lanky doesn't mean they have to stay tall and lanky. These are flexible, pliable things. They're living, yeah. pliable, bendable, man. He says, learn the plant. Change the genetics if you need to. Sometimes you get a little screwed with aggressive stretching genetics or you don't have the option to, you know, pick through a store of awesome cuts or seeds and, it's just you get what you get, and you got to work with it. But, but just definitely learning what you're growing. Just because they're stretching, and they're stretching from the from the tips. So make those tips start growing sideways, and then make them grow the other side. You know what I mean? And just keep on going back and forth, back and forth. You can be really creative with that. And then I mean, if you're getting you know flowering sites on there, you know if they just the more the better. Yeah, and uh, lighting. Didn't say what your light source is. True. Just in case you got a. Little T5, three feet above your plant. It's just stretching, stretching, stretching. You want to have lighting, you know, if you have HID, HPS, and metal halide lighting, probably within, I like to have it about myself, 18 inches off the canopy, uh, to be honest. Some of the bigger hoods, some of the big-ass, huge dominator this or whatever, uh, they spread the light out pretty good, so they're better with hot spots. You can put those a little closer. And then it uh, depends on your wattage with, like, LED or if you have a T5 8-bulb fixture. T5 fluorescent fixtures, you got to be right on Dude, the canopy. so right. Like, within two inches, man. I, sometimes I'll just do that shit. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, that is true, right. man. If you got a, just a, a 400 or a 600 up on the ceiling and you got these things growing down on the floor, yeah, they'll stretch like a motherfucker trying to get to that light. Like a mother? Like a mother. <laughs> All right, we got a recharge. Simple question. Actually, this is something we haven't covered in a long time, if at all, a bit, though. Can you share with all of us, Scotty, the shelf life of recharge? And while you're doing that, why don't you talk about are there any detrimental storage conditions? What if the recharge semi-truck or recharge train you have gets stuck on the tracks in 110-degree weather? Somebody forgets that they left it in their car. Uh, you know, one time Moby Dill almost let it, left it sitting out in the sun on an asphalt parking lot, but I saved it. This reminds me so. of the time that the chicken truck broke down outside the, the front of the farm and everybody just started filling up their John boats and stuff like that. So yeah, I got this, man. Actually, it okay. really has nothing to do with that, man. But if you, if you, uh, I can't get recharged to show any different. I have some original, one of the first batches that I got. And a few years ago, I think it was, what, three years ago, I sent it to the lab to, to have a comparison. And there was nothing different between the, the new batch and the old batch. There was, no, I think, like no discernible degradation or something like that. I can't remember the term. But so I should send some back again. Uh, it at least, because it's in spore form, because the way we store it dry and in spore form, it really does last, you know, indefinitely, I'll say. But uh, 
I'm thinking at least six years, but I'm going to get some more tested and see what's up. But I know at least six years. I think I've got an expiration of, I don't know, about five. I can't remember what the, what the current expiration. I'll have to check it out. But it's good for at least six years. It's good for long-term storage if you keep it dry. Keep it out of light, you know, keep the, the cap on it. Um, if it activates, then it's fucking, you might as well have it in your reservoir. You got four, six hours with it activated. Yeah. But so don't, yeah, right. don't activate it. And just if it gets hard, all that is is the molasses. As molasses gets hard, think about brown sugar in your cabinet. That brown sugar can get hard and you smack it against the, you know, the table or whatever. And then you can use it like sugar. It's still sugar. It hasn't changed chemically at all. That's all that's happening if the recharge gets hard. And all you got to do is, you know, you just smack it against the table or something or the ground. And it, uh, you know, it, it loosens back up. Or you can just scrape whatever you need off. But hard, no problem. It should just keep its original color. If it ever turns black that's and gummy, that's when it's set off. That's when you know it's garbage. Garbage. You can use it as kelp if you want. <laughs> you know, the kelp's still good in it, but everything else. Do you, do you date the bottles or no? Yes. Yes, I do. I have a lot number and the date on there. All right. And what do you have a lot and date? Um, analyzer program on your laptop or phone app? Absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. You just call the customer service center. <laughs> Mrs. Right. Real. Hell yeah. All right, cool, man. Let's give a, uh, a shout out to, uh, before we go to break here, to Recharge, actually. We'll just say that on that since Recharge is the official product of the show. Yeah. Pick it up at realgrowers.com. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime it to your house if you need it quick. Just search Real Growers Recharge over there. Um, and a great way to help support the show. And if you want to get, man, don't forget, members you get, if you're not, you get 30% still, right? Is this right off recharge? Absol- we haven't talked absolutely. about it okay. Absolutely. And just FYI, I'm going to change that coupon up, members. Just uh, keep everybody honest. So uh, go check for a new coupon code. Should be, should be there very soon. Cool. Yeah, and if you're buying recharge, that's like a no-brainer for membership over at dudegrows.com. It's uh, awesome. Just click on join membership through PayPal, and you don't have to have PayPal now. Remember, you can't. I think they make the link hard to see. No, if you want to pay with it, just a card. They do. We just do have the real simple PayPal program. So, it, it, but it is pretty easy to pay with a card. And this on my goal this week. Pothead assistant is sitting across from me. What is up, man? In from from the East Coast, and uh, we're gonna we're, cool, cool. yeah we're gonna work on on the member section. We're gonna work on a couple things this week, man. Make sure we're gonna go through it ourselves and make sure that it's uh it makes sense. I mean, J.R. Token called me a couple days ago. He's like, hey, how do I do this on this site? And I was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Let me let me try to do it myself. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right, man. Well, let's take a quick break. Haven't had one yet. Guys, we'll be back with more Grow Talk. Got plenty of questions to come. Yeah. Check it all out at dogrows.com.
don't you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. Yeah, that's the shit. Equatorial growing? I believe it says equatorial growing. Oh, yeah. you're right. I don't know what I'm talking about with this scabetti around here. <laughs> I used to say scabetti. Everybody yeah, used dude. to say scabetti with the with the macaronis, right? Huh. Man, I tell you what, huh. I talked to a DGC from uh, from from Pittsburgh a couple days ago. What the hell did he say? Yuns. He said yuns over there. I knew it right when he said that. He's from Pittsburgh. I was like, there you go. All right. Recharge is making it to Pittsburgh. All right, well, <laughs> let's let's cover this one, man. That's, 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 I wish I knew exactly who this was from, but um, if they listen to the show, let us know, man. Try and create an account. It's, guys, I like when you have an account over at dudegrows.com. Instead of being admin, you know, we can at least see a name, or you can always put it in the text if yeah, you want. Yeah, that's easy we'll enough. Just, we'll want to stay completely completely anonymous is no problem. So, hey, guys, and this is equatorial growing, not editorial. <laughs> Thanks for doing the show. Although you guys talk a lot about indoor growing. I got some questions that I'm having trouble finding answers to my indoor slash outdoor grow. Hang on. I, wa- I, I want to cool. say one thing about that, and that is that I talk about indoor growing because that's what I know. You know, I am trying to learn about outdoor grow, and I'm, we're going to be talking a bunch about it. I've made some friends that are doing some outdoor and some greenhouse, but man, you got to go, you know, come, f- come from your knowledge base. So mine is indoors, but I am expanding. I promise. Yeah, and it depends. It doesn't matter if you expand here. You know, just because I've grown four seasons out Colorado outside don't mean I know shit about growing where here. This guy says, I live close to Medellin, Colombia. Oh, right. Is that right, Medellin? Yeah, I was going to say over there, I wanted man. to, I wanted to say it real gringo-like. Uh, it looks like it's Medellin. Medellin, fr- Colombia. Hey, any of y'all know which bus goes to Medellin? <laughs> Medellin. <laughs> he says he's got about seven or eight grows under my belt. Conditions are, let's see here. Dude, we got to talk to this guy, man. Definitely. Is he giving us a coordinates here? 2300 MSNM-7000 ASL? Is that meters? I I don't know what the hell It's got to be like elevation or something. 10 Celsius to 25 Celsius every day. Scott, do the conversion while I'm talking. For soil, we mix compost. Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) This is for soil. We mix compost, soil, and rice hulls. Now, my questions. I do an indoor slash outdoor setup. I have an open room with lights for nighttime and crazy rainstorms. I move plants from my indoor to outdoor every day, and I use an 18-hour light cycle, 6 o'clock to 000 o'clock every day because this is like military time. So is he saying that he's got like almost like his own light depth kind of greenhouse room? No, he's just got an open room with lights. If it's nighttime, like he needs the light cycle to be longer, 
or if it's raining like crazy or whatever, he'll move them into this room and turn on the lights. Okay. But they go outdoors every day. And outside right now, it's an 18, he says it's an 18-hour light cycle. When I move my plants outdoor full-time for flowering, because if he were to leave his plants close to the equator, right? The, isn't, what's the light cycle with the equator? Is it always 12-12? Mm, I don't think so, no. No. I have no idea, actually, man. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, it sounded pretty questionable. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> equatorial here. I've never been to the equator. It says, is the question, is the sun always up for exactly 12 hours at the equator? We recently told him, um, I believe it, it, it is. Uh, let's see here, 12. But anyway, I think that's the Whoa, problem. Let me keep that's reading. That's so cool. Always flowering? Yeah, man. Should be that. Should, yep. just, it goes, you're right. Sorry, guys. Just said, we got to hit the internet. You're right. It's always exactly 12 hours. So that's why, I, you know, he needs a, an indoor room with some lights to extend that shit got out. Got it. So... He goes, when he moves his plants from outdoor full-time for flowering, I sometimes get stretched flower growth, longer nugs instead of compact nugs. So when he moves his plants outdoor full-time, they never go back in. I get stretched flower growth. That's probably correct when they're going to start to push hard to flower. Longer nugs instead of compact nugs. Is this a regrowth or overripe growth or what? For example, a bud might be normal and then have a stretch flower sticking from one little bit out of the normal flower i think he's talking about a foxtail like bro no and then have a stretch flower or whatever sticks. it is this thing's like more it. hormonal than anything maybe you're feeding what what did he say he's feeding it rice holes he's just doing compost rice holes no that's just his mix um here well, there's just a couple okay. more and we'll, we'll we'll try and do a little detective workout sure um he says, when I set flowers outside to flower, they already show a pre-flower pistil. So I already like, you know, flowering a little bit. When they're set outside to flower, do they induce straight to flowering or will they go for pre-flower a bit more? So, yeah, they're going to go, I don't, I don't know, I guess I'd call it pre-flower, but yeah. They are going to go right to flower, but it's still not going to look like a full flowering plant. Once you hit 12-12, we say at least, you know, two weeks to two and a half weeks, and I don't know if your plant's receiving much stress stress from going. It hasn't been indoor all the time, you know. His plants have always been going outdoor every right. day, so they're familiar with it. I don't think you're getting a bad stress there. So, but yeah, it does go to flower right away when you go outside, but you're not going to see it good for two to three weeks. Like you really feel like you're seeing a flowering plant. Yeah, two weeks at least for you know indoors anyway. And he goes, "What does the flowering time mean? For example, I see 88 days for flowering." Does this mean from the moment the plant switches to flower, it will take 88 days to ripen? Generally, that's the guide, right? Yeah, that's what, it, yeah, because in indoors, you have a specific date, a click back date. And then you can just kind of, you know, set your calendar usually. Okay, 88 days from this click back date. And I clicked them back, you know, whatever, October 1st. Now, if you have a stressed, uh, period due to bug infestations, weather problems, whatever it is, sometimes, if you you got to be able to watch, you know, go over to our site and look at, just type in trichomes on the search, and you'll see, we've talked about it a lot. Sometimes you can add days to that 88-day flowering period, because you're like, shit, they're stressed for these. It, it, it rained for three days, four days, they were pissed, it was cold, whatever. Sometimes I, I say you can extend your flowering, but you got to know how to watch your plants. And are, uh, tip, have different flowering periods. You can get the exact same plant and have one that flowers in 42 days, another one that flowers in 60 days, and another one that flowers in... You know, 75 days. It definitely happens. Yeah, and then he goes on to say, when I read outdoor harvesting schedules, sometimes I read mid-October or late November, etc. What does this mean? 
So when you're reading outdoor harvesting schedules, I don't know if you're reading off a seed pack or, you know, if they're just somebody giving her in general report, that's really where we're from fairly weather dependent. I'm not sure how much the weather changes there. You always have a 12, 12 light cycle. So I don't know if that's even applicable to him, you know? Yeah. I think um, that does have not, to do with the, you know, the light cycle, the light changing. Yeah. I mean, that's why we say here in Colorado, typically it's like, man, it's nice to be able to get to mid October, you know, mid October means you're probably going to get a pretty decent harvest. Sometimes if you can go to the end of October, cause we know here in November that yeah, it's, it's, well, the light cycle still works, but it's too damn cold. But anyway, I don't think that's applicable to him, but I'm not positive about the temperate changes you have at the equator um, for those months. I think in the Medellin, it's always party time, man. Like, it's just nice and hot and ready to go. You, you uh, would think so, man. But maybe that's the only time they, uh, they make movies about Colombia is when it's hot. Maybe they don't go to Colombia. And then his time. last question, <laughs> we already answered. He goes, most importantly, does the harvesting schedule really matter with the basically static photo period that we have? Thanks for the show. If you're ever in the area of Medellin, hit me up. All right, let's go. Deal. I Actually, I, I heard Colombia is really nice now. You know, we think of it in the American movies as, you know, Pablo Escobar Narcos. and all that stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, a friend of mine, dude, a friend of mine, actually, he was like a military guy out of high school and flew choppers. And last time I talked to him, he sent me like a picture of him riding a Harley in Colombia. And he was like, yeah, I just take contracts with the Kali cartel. Decent organization to work for. They treat you nice. Do it to, you know, I was like, it was just like any other company there. Yeah. Really interesting. You know, I was like, okay, hope you don't die. And he's actually still doing great. Well, let's see. I don't know, like I said, who this is from, but if you're listening and you haven't seen the comment on your post, go check it out. I'm not going to read it all from Jamie Dodger. Thanks, because the first sentence of the comment is, oh, man, I got a long, complicated answer for your question. So go read that. <laughs> you want a little insight, and we're going to move on to a little more grow talk. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know, I do want to say, if you got flowers that are stretching and they're just, you know, a lot of times they'll foxtail, which means putting uh, like a little bit of vegetative growth up. A lot of times that has to do with some type of a stress. It could be uh, a, like light stress will do it, but um, a lot of times nutrient stress will do that as well. So just keep an eye on your nutrients. That's why indoors we switch from a, a high nitrogen veg nutrient to a lower nitrogen, higher phosphorus and potassium flowering newts. So just something to think about as well. Cool, cool. Definitely something to think about. What about uh, we get some, I don't know, should we, I wanted to pull this cure cork over to what's growing on and ask any of the crew. Somebody chimed in and uh, was asking Dude and Scotty, um, I heard the mention of a cure cork on an old show. Now, this is like, I think, a cork that can burp or help control humidity right. in a curing jar. Mm -hmm. So why don't you guys chime in on this? We'll talk about it on what's growing on. Yeah, this looked uh, like Duke somebody's Rose. invention, you know, like somebody that, you know, grabbed their balls, spent a couple thousand dollars and, uh, you know, had something cool that they used for themselves that decided to share with everybody. So maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. I don't even know if they're still in business. Yeah, look on today's show notes and you'll just be able to, you can make a uh, comment over there, let us know or whatever. But I'm going to talk about it on in Wednesday's show, What's Growing On. If you guys don't know, it's going to be a good show, in-studio, video show for you members who got the pothead assistant officially hanging yeah. out. Um, Go Guru, we have almost our whole staff there. Oh, you now. know, shout out to Grow Guru. He is so damn sick, man. He's, uh, he's, man he's, he's not feeling so well, man. So shout out to you, uh, brother. I hope you feel better. Yes, yes. All right. 
So let's go onward then and do fungus. Fungus. Dudegross.com forward slash fun dash gus. <laughs> Mycelium. Is this good or bad fungus? There's not. Is there bad fungus or just like bad bacteria? Uh, there's, yeah, there's bad fungus. Absolutely. All right. Closet grower Jay. Hey, dude, Scotty and DGC. Closet grower Jay here. I was the guy that had clones sitting in a bucket of cocoa for seven weeks and had concerns about my abuse in veg creating herms and flour. All right, I remember you. Anyway, I got those clones out of the five-gallon buckets, and of course the roots were all tangled. I had to seriously eviscerate. Eviscerate. Means eviscerate. Yeah, it means fuck them up. Some roots, and then and the clones have been in recovery for about a week now. I fed them lightly, and of course gave them some recharge with explanation point. Yeah. I also top dressed, and he put that in there, not me. Fair enough. I also top dressed with some diatomaceous earth because I saw a single fungus gnat flying around. The gnat is gone, but the dye, but the dye earth. There's some tiny bit of cocoa exposed, which has a few little white balls of fuzzy. Fungus slash mold question mark. There's also a leaf that I left on top of the diatomaceous earth. It also appears to be have been engulfed in the white fuzz growing on it. So is this mold the bennies from recharge, or did I overly fuck my roots and now they're rotting away? No. Also, are there no, any no, suggestions no. to get the clones to recover? It's been a week now and I haven't noticed any improvements. I have basically the whole grow more line, so let me know if there's something I can use or something I should look at purchasing. All right. So, guys, he had a bunch of clones potted together in one bucket. Uh, not sure why he did that exactly. I think yeah, just I've to... done it before. Because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Where The white fuzzy, man. Okay, here I see some a real close-up picture of, like, real tiny little white fuzzies. What would you think of those? Uh, you know, I wouldn't even worry. Yeah, about I don't know, but I think you just created with with all the recharge and all the beneficials in there, and uh, you know, a uh, an environment that that's conducive to to uh, what the heck was I gonna say? Decomposers. That thing's definitely decomposing. It's rotting the leaf, so it's not attacking live plant tissue. So that's good. Those that's the kind of fungus you want. Cool, I got a clone tip for him, guys. He's got his clones held up for a week. You know, they're all transplanted out now, but he damaged the roots on them. And they're sitting here under a T5 light, it looks like, which, good. That That's good light for him right now. And then uh, I would basically, if, if I think he's in straight cocoa, so I'm assuming your mix is fairly inert or you don't have much in there. And now you have the grow more line. I would use if you have their NCAL, and I'd also use their biocozyme, and if you have their seaweed. I wouldn't really put any, as Scotty says, if you have their base newts or powders, any meat and potatoes in these plants. There's enough nitrogen in NCAL and to that to give them enough, you know, something to pull out of this. It, they're they're gonna pull out of it. They're just extremely pissed at you right now for cutting their roots. You don't think so, that they need steak and potatoes though? I always feed some, you know, feed them a little bit. I would even agree with your quarter strength, but I would give them some kind. All right, check this out. I've been reading that Teeming with Nutrients book, which... Oh, wait, hold on. If you have Jumpstart, definitely use that, too. That's got, some, that's got a little bit of everything in it as well. All right, but Go just ahead. check out this analogy. That guy, Jeff Lowensfeld, really smart guy, and he made this beautiful analogy where he took this, uh, uh, like a barrel, you know, like think of like one of those old-fashioned barrels, and each piece of wood of the barrel is called a stave, you know, each one of those, and... Anyway, um, each stave is a nutrient, 
And as high up as that nutrient goes, as that stave goes, is as high up as that piece of the barrel goes. So if you've got just the tiniest little stave that's nitrogen and you've got everything else you've got plenty of, that barrel can only hold the tiniest little bit. Can you see the analogy? Am I drawing a picture? The, the point is, <laughs> Hank, that, maybe if, I'll give that a maybe. that law of the minimums is what it is. And it means that if you've got, you can have all the nutrients, you can have, you know, every, every nutrient, but if you're lacking in one, then the plant's going to suffer. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be able to, to perform. It's only going to perform as much as, as, as that nutrient will allow because it needs all of them. So, yeah. I would give them just a balanced steak and potato. I would even if you do quarter strength or something like that, see if you can go in it at the most that's all I do. I mean, if your plants haven't changed, it's not like you have a nutrient. If you're feeding them okay before, I mean, yeah, they're just pissed, but quarter strength's fine. I'm down with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, these things look like they could eat. I mean, they they they're stressed. I would definitely trim them if I could trim them and uh, just get some of the stress. I find that when you trim plants, it just like sends a message down to the roots. Hey, man, there's nothing going on up here for a little bit. Grow some roots and then and send some reinforcements, you know. So trimming them always helps get anything super ugly off. And a little steak and potatoes, a lot of recharge. That and cow mag probably ain't the worst thing in the world, but... Yeah, I just I think you'd be good with that. Some some organics and uh, and some steak and potatoes, and some foliar. Why not do some foliar if you got your kelp there? Foliar or kelp is definitely going to get nutrition into the leaves. Yes, yes, it will. Good point. Forgot about that. You should be foliar feeding, and that you don't have to go too heavy. But it's just you're trying to, ink, you know, to get the thing in the incubator. You got to get it out and vigorous. Look, I don't want to turn this into a recharge commercial, but. Try to you do, you do two, three times a week. Every time you water, a little recharge with every watering, a little bit of base nutrient, maybe six to seven hundred parts per million of base nutrient, and then a half teaspoon of recharge per gallon. And you show me these things in ten days. There you go. Let's see it. Bring it. I'm, I'd like I'm to see it because I've days. done it. You know, shit. Scotty has abused plants before, and all you got to do, and I mean, do a foliar. You can do a foliar of the recharge or foliar of your kelp. And uh, you're going to see they'll pop right back. Give them a little trim, anything that's ugly, trim, and get them going. Word. All right, now they're all, they're all going to come back as well. Just don't, I don't know, don't do that. I think Scotty mentioned once on the show, you know, if you plant, if you plant three plants in one container, it's probably counted as one plant if you get in trouble. Ah. And then somebody, somebody chimed in and is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Watch it. And we're like, right. yeah, we probably shouldn't try to give any official legal advice on the Dude Grows show. But maybe it's, it's it's just trying to be economical and easy. I only want to water this one thing. I got one pot right now. Let's pot these five clones in it. Anyway. Could be. Like I said, could be. Maybe you got limited space. <laughs> maybe, you're, maybe your wife, you're just trying to adhere to your wife's rules. You can have one pot. All right? One pot plant. <laughs> like, all right. All right. I got you. Hey, you only said right. one pot. We're going to go to hey, can I get, number... Can I give a shout-out real quick, man? Remember I made the shout-outs? The uh, what oh, was yeah, it, 2,500 yeah. Nugs gets you a shout-out on the show. And uh, Grow G signed up and shouted out. And so thanks for the knowledge, bros. My buds are looking nice and fat, and it's all thanks to y'all's help. Looking forward to being part of the DGC. Grow G, thank you so much for joining up. I hope you are enjoying the member section and the content and... All that good stuff, man. But we really appreciate your support, man. Keeps us going. Hell yeah. Definitely, definitely. 
I like it. Grow G or GG. Go by either one. <laughs> yeah, and if anybody got a message, wants to shout out, say anything, uh, go into a, you know, an event or wants to promote something, uh, just write on uh, uh, dogrows.com. You could just buy yourself a shout out over in the Nug Vault and you just fill out this little form or whatever and send us an email and tell us what you want to say. I know Dr. J wants to shout out about the DGC party going on at his... Dude, he's throwing a DGC party at his house on the 28th, October 28th. Yeah, I think we're going to try and have him on for a minute Wednesday because it's the EP 303 up in the Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds real good. But if anyone, any of y'all locals, you know, I want to see y'all there, man. Let's do it. Have a little uh, pre-party before the 420 event. Yeah, we'll have info for you on it on this Wednesday show, episode 303. Right. All right, so... Uh, Moving on to, we're going to go to the head scratcher. We had somebody chime in about Amsterdam. We'll have that on Wednesday's All show right. since this is the Grow Talk. So, head scratcher update on head scratcher with uh old with the outdoor post from a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's old Department of Transportation, Mike. Nice. Feel like you feel like you're on uh, Mr. Was it Mr. Robinson's neighborhood? Is that what that <laughs> right. old show? Hello. Department of Transportation Mike has come on to the show. Uh, so, awesome. Dude and Scotty, I just wanted to give you a quick update on one of my outdoor ladies that had a couple lower branches die on. I totally yeah. remember this. I sent a few pics out, and now I have a few more. Sadly, it's still looking pretty rough. No more branches have died off, but the growth has slowed way down. It's quite a bit thinner in the fo- in foliage, and then all the rest has several yellowing leaves. Any burnt tips you see in the pics are from me being an idiot and foliaring during the midday sun. The new, <laughs> the new growth looks decent, but still lighter green in color and small in size. All the plants are in flower, but this is, has just one tiny oh, buttons on it. Mm. Actually smells pretty tasty. Guess I, sh- I could just hang the whole plant and put, uh, put it in the extract pile. And that's cool. People have the option these days sometimes, you know, when you F up in the sure. garden or a plant. Yeah. Well, we'll send it to Extractor Man. <laughs> yeah, are these are these in uh in the ground or in containers? I'm trying to look. I don't know. You keep looking. I'll finish the. Yeah, I can't says, see. All the other plants are on the in same containers. well water and new schedule and look fantastic. Okay, so it's not the end of the world if this plant doesn't work out. But my first for my thirst for knowledge still has me pondering this one. He's using botanic air newts. Never used to worry about pH as we never had issues, sure. but this plant had me curious. Nutrient solution came out to about 6.8 pH, Perfect. and I did a soil slurry test that resulted in a 6.0 pH. Uh, cheap pen, and it doesn't read ppm, but he scoped for bugs and no obvious signs. He's doing some, you know, good investigating. I'm, I, th- those ranges sound fine for me with your, your soil slurry and your pH. Uh, since the first time I wrote in about this plant, I've been flushing out the medium with an enzyme product and a little bit of quarter strength liquid kelp. Sorry for the long winded question, but I wanted to be thorough <laughs> to you or the TGC. Have any suggestions or any input respect to DOT Mike. So the thing that sucks is all his other plants. I don't know if I don't know if they're the same genetics or in the same nutrient program and well water and they're fine. You know, Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm looking at a closet full of dank here, here that, you know, very positive. Since I'm pretty sure you have root aphids gnawing on those roots. <laughs> Maybe it's a tumor. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know. It's not a bad thing to investigate. I'm, I'm making a joke, but thank you, Closet Full of Dank. That really isn't a bad thing to investigate. Root aphids don't really show, uh, especially outdoors. 
you know, you, what, put it this way. I mean, you got aphids and they're flying around or whatever. You might not see them, I should say. But, yeah, you might want to investigate and just take a physical look at the roots. Make sure there's no fungus attacking it or make sure that it's not loaded up with aphids. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I, he probably said in the other one, all the plants are in flower. I mean, if it's the same genetic, I'm I'm pointing towards, some, yeah, potentially some type of problem under the soil, like you guys are saying. He said he scoped for bugs. He scoped the and roots, And he didn't though? see any. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, just on the bug. Right. You know, he's, he, if he had a huge spider mite problem or some shit, we'd know right. that. So if this one's the same genetics, I would be leaning toward potentially a completely just jacked up pheno. I don't know, but or if these cuts are from all the same mom. Otherwise, if it's a different genetic, it's entirely possible that it just is, you know, this is, doesn't, might not like your area exactly. You're feeding it a little too much or less than the other ones. I don't know. This is a hard one because it's like one of those things where DOT Mike, I wish I was there helping you grow throughout the summer. And then I could probably know. Hey, we should do a wake and bake really... DOT Mike. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it, see if we can diagnose this. Seems like we need a little more information. Yeah, there you go. Get a hold of how do people try to do a wake and bake with Scotty Real? I just call you. Is that what, that's what you? I think you said the best. Now. Yeah, you know, I don't really <laughs> know that phone number or how to get any of the messages for that. So maybe you should just send me an email. Word. <laughs> Scott at realgrowers.com. It's funny. We were talking. I was talking to somebody about it. How I just don't read the the comments from like. People, I read comments on dudegrows.com, but like I went over to YouTube and watched something. And I had to make sure I, I left without reading the comments, man, you know? And I'm like, it seems like I, I like this protected area where the people that, uh, that I actually have conversations and reply to their comments, they seem to know me. They seem to like me. <laughs> you know, I don't like to go over to YouTube yeah. where it's the, uh, you know, the, the Wild West, man. It's fucking rough. It's rough out there. Cool. Yeah, let's try and hang DOT, Mike. It's one of those that definitely be fun to talk about where, you know, you got to hang out, ask questions, get questions answered, do the investigative yeah, work. Yeah, I wonder. But you know what? I I really do wonder. Inspect those roots, physical inspection of the roots, and see what's up because root aphids. How do you suggest he does a physical inspection of the roots if he's planted in ground? Oh, in, in, mm -hmm. I don't think he, I thought I saw containers in one of the pictures, but you just dig down a little bit. You get onto the roots. I mean, you'll see root aphids are fucking obvious, man. They're like lined up sucking on, on the, uh, you know, the juices out of the roots. It's, it's not hard to find them if you've got an infestation. Yeah, I believe that's what uh, was mentioned in the common area. Just trying to scratch a little bit on the upper layer of soil and you're going to, you're going to see them yep. if you got a bad problem. Yep. Uh, that was from closet, closet. Oh, I think you said from closet full of dank. Uh, all right. Hopefully not. You think they might spread to the other plants, but sometimes that's not true. They just find one host plant that they got weakened up and they like it. Could be. Could right. be. So let me give a shout out Ooh. to, uh, and we got just to give you guys a mid show updates. We are on question seven and we got 13. Plenty of grow talk to Damn. come, but I just want to give a shout out like to Way to Grow. It's already. Yeah, you could bong hit while I do this. Shout out to Way to Grow, where we'll be recording from Wednesday for what's growing on. And they have a uh, Grow Pro lighting sale October 12th to the 26th. So if you're picking up a Gavita, a Sun Systems uh, 315, or the Phantom, and those are the Gavita and the Phantom are obviously DE fixtures. There's some hot deals. Check out over on uh, waytogrow.net. Just click on what's on sale. 
but even better, I hope some of you guys have picked up some, the better deal than that that is just ongoing, I believe. Might want to call and check if they're out. I don't know. I haven't checked how many are in stock. But the PL lights, guys, PL lighting has been around forever. Badass double-ended greenhouse lighting, durable fixtures. I'm sure, I think you could spray them with a super soaker all day long, <laughs> and they're probably good. Uh, but those in 120 or two, 240 volt, either one, complete fixture, Dude, grow show price. That's what you got to tell the person at the register. Four hundred and fifteen bucks, which is tight because those are six hundred and fifty dollars fixtures MSRP. The next one, the hottest deal to get into a DE. And remember, guys, if you guys need double-ended lighting or want it, you need height. You know, this is not for a grow tent. It's not for your average residential basement. You want height, you nine want, foot, you want good ceiling on these. So at a Phantom DE open reflector, and this is only in uh, commercial voltage, 277 or 240, 220, whatever you want to call it, uh, retails at 589 dude grocery price 325 which is what? a freaking awesome deal. So, yeah, hook that up. Uh, and there's even their sale coming up. They're at 375 So the Phantom double-ended open reflector um, and ballast 325 Say you want the dude grocery Damn. price. That's an old way to grows in Colorado. I wish they were everywhere for people if they wanted to hook up on some of these deals. But uh, definitely mad respect for uh, hooking up the Dude Grow Show. Absolutely. We always appreciate their support. They were the originators. So let's go on to uh, Spider Mite's Late Flower. All right. I'll tell you right now how to deal with these bitches. Yeah, man. Get the the Fluoromite, man. Uh Uh-oh. This is from DOT Mike 2. Shit, man. What do you got going on over there? All right. This one, <clears throat> no pictures needed. It's definitely the Borg. My grow <laughs> partner and I took some cuts with them on it, and I've been spraying throughout veg, but stopped spraying about week two of flower. At that time, it appeared the commercial fogger had totally eradicated those little bastards. These are outdoor plants, and all of them are between one and four weeks away from harvest. Uh, with several of them already being flushed. So far, the plants that are mostly affected are in the small corner of the garden on my buddy's plants. That's right. He's like, those are your plants, man. Those are my plants. What? I thought we were splitting shit. How do my plants get the ones with the spider mites on them? I still obviously like to figure out what his options are at this point. We had been rotating our sprays. Azimax, Monterey, Spinosad, and Met 52. I'm guessing, which I think I don't... That's not all... Spy, you know, Monterey, um, Spinosad, that's not even four you know mites, correct? He's that's the second uh, person that I've heard that in two days. My other buddy, Mike, was, was Mile High Mike, was talking about that a couple days ago. He was saying he was using Spinosad. And uh, I was like, I didn't realize that. I thought that was for thrips. But, you know, if it works, we'll see. You know, you'll tell me. Yeah. Well, what I met 52, I thought was for rooting. Yes, agreed. But, you know what, I think that's, I think right. that's a multiple... I, I do believe that one has uh, uh, multiple bugs that it targets. Well, maybe he's right, guys. This is our sprays. I'm trying to cat, you know, do a broad spectrum for mites, uh, thrips, or potentially root aphids, and that's why it does it. So the Azimax, you know, is effective as a preventative and uh, control method as well for mites. But he goes on. I'm guessing it's too late for any of those. So he's one to four weeks away from harvest. Th- that's a pretty big window, but that's how it is outdoors sure. sometimes. This garden provides medicine for the whole year for us and several patients. We want to make sure it stays clean and tasty. What options would you re- recommend this late into flower? Honestly, I'd rather, t- and I felt this way, honestly, I'd rather toke up a few spider mites than any kind of chemicals. I also don't want to just sit back and do nothing and end up with webbing on the flowers. 
I know these things can get out of control. Fortunately, our weather is finally starting to cool way down here in southern Oregon, and the forecast is even calling for a few rainy days soon. I know that should slow them down a little. What else can we do? Time left to spray a few more times or even root drench something systemic. I need to be out of the plant. I need it to be out of the plant at harvest. What about ladybugs? Yeah. Predator mites. Yeah. I actually bought a few vials of predator mites and apply them to my own plants once we quit spraying. Maybe that's why I don't see much of them on my portion of the garden. Still, I hear those things take a while to colonize and be effective. Any thoughts on that? Uh, lastly, I know once we chop down and hang, the mites will all funnel up to the top of the stalk, just hoping the meds stay as pure and tasty as possible. I agree, man. Thanks, DOT Mike. Yeah. That was a pretty good one, man. That was, that was a pretty good uh, question. I like it, and I definitely try and help keep your meds tasty and mite free. I was thinking about a bunch ladybugs, of... man, as he was talking. I was thinking there's not much you can do. You know, but ladybugs are, you know, they're cheap. You can afford to throw them out. What, you buy like a gallon of them for 25 bucks or something like that and just put them on? The, what do they put soap on their wings or something to keep them from flying away? Isn't that the trick to do that for a little bit? But if you give them a nice environment, they might stay around. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is potentially here, depending on how cool it's going to get and how wet it's going to get, which you're right, the mites aren't going to like that. But you also might buy some predators that don't like that right. either. They might just get out in your cool whatever garden and just hide and be like shit this is Dude, too cold i'm not even hungry i'm not going to eat anything. so much fucking uh, money away on predator mites that didn't work in my environment and then the people i was buying them from were like i don't know man you know it's like you know then they went to, once they told me the humidity you know uh parameters rather i was like wow you know i'm not you know like you had to have like 50 60 percent like they wanted high humidity and stuff like that you know it's a living bug well, yeah, and you can get the mite packs now, you know, that have like the tri-species and they're just trying to cover all your angles. Uh, but I would just make sure it's not too cold. If you have a week of, if you have some warm weather that one of the, and we were looking at, I think Arbico Organics was one. I've just seen that they're the, like if, in the, they're advertising, they're on Facebook and stuff. So I know they're fairly aggressive right now. Sure. And if you do go through them, let us know. Tell me you heard about it from the show, but uh, if you have weather that will permit those, I would definitely purchase those as soon as possible. Do ladybugs as well. I don't know off the top of my head um, the cool temps that ladybugs start to be ineffective either. I think they're pretty damn durable, though. So, I just know they're And cheap. then mechanical removal. You know that- if you go through the garden, you're getting closer to harvest, and you know that uh, there's some leaves that are more infested than others. Go through the garden with like a bucket and get as many uh, leaves that you think have any col- if there's colonies on it, or just start thin this shit out. For one, you're not going to hurt anything. You're harvesting th- soon, and if you thin out your canopy, maybe some of your lower branches are you're like shit. I, c- I should have gotten these just because outdoor gardens sometimes it's hard to get lazy with the plants. Just get so vigorous and big, it's hard to keep up on a good prune on all of them, um, like you would indoors. And uh, then do a spray. Go around with a, uh, a, a, a whatever it is. I'm assuming a couple gallon spray bottle that has a pretty. Uh, I mean, this is an environmental thing too. I said mechanical removal, so I would use super cold water on an indoor garden one time just to just blast the buds. We were going to harvest in like a week and a half, and some people are like, "Oh my god, you're going to get bud rot," and I'm like, "No, bud rot has to be present to get it." And we had a dehumidifier running to keep our humidity in the proper parameters. It's not like we just sprayed down the buds and said, oh, let's leave it at 75% humidity for this light cycle, you know. Um, So be careful with that if it's too humid. But you can definitely just keep disturbing their colonies um, mechanically, spray cold water on them every once in a while. And you're not going to completely get rid of them, but you'll have a great harvest. 
Yeah, so, I, I've gotten away. Yeah. I've had spider mites laid in in harvest before, or laid in flowering before, and I just took a garden hose. I had like a went to my washing machine in the basement, disconnected the cold water from the washing machine, which is pretty darn cold. You know, coming from Colorado in the winter, it's probably forty eight degrees somewhere around there, and. Uh, I would just have like a, you know, like the brass nozzles that you can get or you can just, the ones that you turn, and it would make this really fine mist pattern. And it was a decent amount of volume, too. And, of course, I was able to just spray my floor. I had my whole floor, like, shower pan material, so I was able to spray it. Mm -hmm. But um, as a matter of fact, yeah, yeah, so I was just able to go through and just get a fine mist. And bugs hate that. The spider mites hate that. I think they choke on it or something. I can't remember what it is, but... And I was able to get a good quality flower. It didn't affect the resin or anything like that because I wasn't, like, abusing the plant. I wasn't beating up the resin glands. I was just this fine mist, laying a fine mist. Every morning I did it on the plants, though. And uh, I did it in the morning, made sure that they dried all day, made sure that they yeah, were Yeah, as long as your flowers properly are really well supported, yeah. you want that, too. Because, obviously, taking on the water weight on top of the flower weight, sometimes you can have some floppy shit. Uh, but just watch the weather. Obviously, if it just rained today, don't do what we're talking about tomorrow. Uh, you want to have an interval between. You want to make sure your flowers don't stay too wet, that they dry out. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, and let us know how it goes. Definitely check out the predator angle if it's not too late. I love the thought of predators going to war. Agreed. Anyway. Agreed. No, nothing systemic at this point, though. You're not going to have a chance to get that out. Be careful of all that. No, even on the even do... something spraying on the leaves, I wouldn't do anything but water. Yeah, I mean, and there's some products people say that that say if you read up to the safe to the use of the last day of flower, and then I smell it, and maybe diluted down. I think like Kapow was one of them that was gotten pretty popular. It's got like I think a lemongrass or some essential oil shit, you know, and safe to use till the end. I don't want to spray anything on my flowers that has a scent. At yeah, this I don't point want to smoke time. lemon oil, even if it is safe. I'll go to the vape lounge so, if I want to do that. All right, man. Thanks, DLT Mike. Chime back in and say, remember that question from a long time ago? Here's another update. <laughs> so Perfect. Newbie. Newbie looking first time grow. What do we got? Loading Come up. On. Loading Come up on, here. baby. Hello, dude and Scotty. And the DGC. And it says, newbie looking first time grow advice slash products. I'm fairly new to the world of cannabis, and I'm fed up with dispensary prices and quality. Hell, <laughs> that's awesome. Good. Uh, I mean, not, not all dispensaries are shit, man. You can definitely find some good dispensaries, but but I sounds like you. a good commercial. Uh, you know, are you fed up with dispensary prices and quality? High prices and low <laughs> quality at the dispensary. Maybe it's time for you to grow your own. So I have been doing some research on how to grow and what to what and what to use, but all the information I seem to find leans towards more experienced growers. So I'm hoping the DGC can give me a noob proof, a noob proof grow layout. First off, I do have a room and I can grow in, but it's about six by twelve by seven. Okay, plenty of space. Twelve foot ceilings. I like that. <laughs> the <laughs> issue I can already see me having is keeping the heat in. It was an addition to the house and is noticeably colder than the rest of the house in the early mornings. He says, live in Denver, so only getting colder. Right. Uh, that being said, would a Spectrum King 100 watt give me enough heat to keep the plants happy or will I need to go with an HPS? I want to keep the energy bill somewhat low. The room is quite big, so I was also considering a grow tent. Is that a better option? I would also like to grow in soil. 
So is there any simple nutrients that would be good for noob to use? We'll be getting some recharge for sure. Thank you, sir. Last but not least, okay, well, let's first, let's hit what we got going on here. So 6 by 12 by 7 room. It says it's an add-on uh, right, so, to the house and noticeably colder. So the, fir so the first thing how you got to think about just as far as space, though, 6 by 12. How much, what are you trying to do? If you can go in a 6 by, you know, a, a 6 by 9 tent or a 5 by 9 tent in there, that's a pretty big, nice grow area. So if you're looking to just get grow as much, you know, if you're just looking to replace not having to go to the dispensary, you can do it in that. Go get a tent. Uh, if you're looking to, you know, really max out and produce a lot, you could use that whole 6 by 12. So you kind of got to make a decision right there if you want to use the whole room or half the room. Well, since you're talking about a 100-watt spectrum, King, I'm presuming you're growing for yourself. You're going to grow pretty small. I would get a tent that's apical. Now, you could grow a micro-grow. I don't know exactly what your plan is. Off a 100-watt spectrum, King, no problem. Um, you're going to want to get a pretty small tent, like a 2x2. Two two, and, you know, the other thing, if that room gets cold, the tent is going to help offset some of that coolness and maintain a smaller environment than that whole room. But at night, still, you might have to look into a heating situation to try and not have, like, 20, 25-degree differential yeah. swings. Hundred light on ain't enough to, to flower uh, with, though, man. If you're gonna do a, if you're doing any kind of a big. Tent. I, I said Mike, micro. <laughs> I got you. I'm just That's bringing the conversation right. along, saying if you want to get something that's <laughs> going to produce, you know, a legitimate amount of uh, amount of I'm going to class it up of cannabis, you know, and and yes. you have a heat. But yes. the whole cool thing about these LEDs is they, uh, you don't really have a lot of heat coming out. You have some heat, but not you know they're very efficient where you don't have as much heat. And you pay for that. If you're in a place where you could use the heat, man, I would recommend just an old school, inexpensive, you know, HID fixture. And uh, you, they're going to give you the byproduct is you won't have to worry about heat so much. You'll be, you'll be able to, you've got a heater as well. Yeah, without knowing the parameters of how cool this room gets or how well insulated it is. So, I mean, minimum, I would start off like, let's say, you know, you're just a noob. You're learning to grow. I, mean, I shouldn't say not just in a negative way. You're <laughs> learning to grow uh, minimum. Like get a uh, try and maybe do it. If you're going to do a tent, get a four by four tent. Get a 400 watt light to put in there. You could go with a 600 if you need to. Um, but what I'm saying is learn how to grow this winter with your HID affordable equipment. Um, and then if you want to upgrade to like a 600 watt spectrum king or something like that, try some LED lighting when you're more comfortable in the summer. Plus you don't want the heat of the HID um, equipment. Then you could do that. But uh, the 100 watt Spectrum King, like definitely the other thing with micro grows is like, yeah, you can pull it off, but it even goes bad. You don't have any backup, at least when you can grow, you know, under Colorado law here, you want to grow your six plants, man. Grow your six plants, whether they're in three gals, five gals, 10 gals, whatever, applicable to your space, you know, and that way if one dies or gives you a problem or whatever, you know, you have room for error. You have a low yield, but you had six plants, so it's still okay. Right. Um, and go that route. But I'd say the biggest bulb I'd recommend would be a 600 watt. And if you do get a 600 watt HPS or HID, uh, go with a 5x5 five five tent if you can. It gives you a little room to work. You're not so crammed in there. And also, your one question, if you go with an HPS, the first time I grow, I grow. The first time I grew, I grew the grow. Uh, I would, I used uh, straight HPS bulbs from, I had a uh, fluorescent for clone, but fall through veg, you know, it can be done if it's a budget matter and you're just like, I don't care. I'm just learning to grow and I'm on a pretty big budget here. You can use an HPS bulb for the whole veg and flower inside. Hell yeah. So, all right, man, I would do myself. I would go buy a five by nine gorilla grow tent. I've got one and, uh, I would just put two 1000 watt HPSs in there. It's going to give you a nice heat and you can just exhaust that heat at will. You know, and, and dump that heat and just pull, pull, 
new uh, n- new. What'd you say? Two one thousand. Two one thousands, man. It costs you what six seven hundred bucks for those lights. You know, they're they're some of the cheapest lights in the industry right now. You got all sorts of options for hoods. You basically you got two you know two six by five spaces or two five by five spaces with a couple feet in the middle. Um, Man, you've got yourself real production there, man. You could get that thing humming out three, four pounds every every ninety days. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it just depends on which way you want to go with it. Keep in mind, hanging up two one thousands or even a thousand versus six hundred. It's a, you know how much time you got. I don't know what your full time job is, but two one thousands is another little part time job. Four one thousands is like half of a full time job. Not all the time, but sometimes it really takes some time. You know, depending on what you got going on in your garden how you're harvesting, sure. et cetera. It's true. If you so. set it up correctly, though, it's, uh, it can, can be pretty efficient. I didn't spend a ton of time in my garden, and I used to produce some pretty good quality pot. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. All right. He's still I'm there. here, man. I'm here. I'm just thinking of all the dank that I have pumped out, man. Absolutely, man. No <laughs> shame in my game, homie. Automation. I remember I said something to... Uh, I was one of the guys at Way to Grow. I was at like one of their parties, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I haven't been to my grow in a week. <laughs> you know, I'm on autopilot, brothers." And they looked at me like I had just said like a you know a bad word, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they they just weren't down with that. They were like, "I don't get it, man. The whole point is to hang out in your grow and spend a bunch of time there." You know, but my yeah. my point at that time, I mean, I agree. I miss it so much. I can't wait to get my my fingers back in it, but. uh for at that time, my point was to try to make a real bulletproof system. I've seen so many people that fail at growing because they were bad at watering or just, you know, they because it took so much attention. So I was trying to just make a bulletproof yeah. system. That's where the real hempies came from. There you go. Check out the hempy buckets as well. Yeah, those things are fucking amazing, man. And chaining them together with a little float valve on there, I mean, it just makes it really simple you throw some can of a and b in there you know and it's just a real simple way to grow decent pot are you going to win a cannabis cup with it no but honestly i brought mine i brought mine to the dgc cup (laughs) and people weren't complaining you know yeah all right well let's move on to avoiding n n deficiency in flour Old Man John, chiming in. Greetings, dude and Scotty. Hey, oh, Scotty old Man R. John. Old Man John was on a uh, Awaken Bake. We just did Awaken Bake. I think it was today's or yesterday's. I can't remember. Pretty interesting. He was busting your balls. It was all about busting your balls about, uh, remember when you said you didn't know if you wanted to vote or not? Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, that same exact thing that you said was the headline of yesterday's USA Today. People asking if it's okay not to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they... Why because they they're fucking you? sheep, dude. That's why. Is that, are you, can we not vote? Anyway. <laughs> where's that Wake and Bake? Did that, are any of those on YouTube? Are they all on Dude Grows? I want to check. I haven't checked that you one know, out. I want to check it out. Most of them are on DudeGrows.com. We've been releasing a couple on YouTube just to get people to understand what we're trying to do over there. So check it out. But you can always go over to the members section of DudeGrows.com. They should all be there. All right. Cool, cool. So... In my first grow, I experienced what I think might have been a nitrogen deficiency in week three of flower. Things yellowed and looked exactly what the end deficiency photos look like. My solution was dumb, but it <laughs> sort of worked. And then it ended up with the harvest. I transplanted into larger plots, which set bud development back a bit. I remember that after a few shows ago, the dude mentioning that end deficiencies can crop up, pun intended, around week four of bloom. 
So I was just wondering what I should do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Should I top dress with my NY-Y materials, including but not limited to worm castings? Could I give the girls once a week treat of maybe some 511 fish? Ching, yep. ching, ching. Alaska fish, which smells like something even a cat might not want. Mm, smells <laughs> like dank to me. Um, sh- should I maybe slide a copy of the periodic table of elements under the girls' pot so as to the remind them that nitrogen is an element that they aren't supposed to lust after once they start blooming? Yeah, man. Prayer? Read that book. <laughs> Hoping you are both well and eagerly awaiting the first episode of Grow Room Nightmares. I think, oh, old man John's the one that emailed in yeah, about that. Yeah, definitely. I love uh, the ideas. You know, here I, I can imagine it will culminate with the dude screaming, are you bloody mental? <laughs> you can't, can't scrub your fan leaves with bleach water, you tinker toy buffoon. I love it. I love it. Peace, uh, old man John. Good deal. He's a, a real great DJ. Grow room nightmares would be fun to it do. It would. We're trying. Yeah, you know, we're trying. That's why we're trying to get this thing going and trying to build it up. And we're asking for member support. Don't you have one of them? I've got a what? <laughs> <laughs> can I show up over there? I still got my board. We can use that as a prop. You oh, bloody shit. maniac! You're going to get somebody killed. You pig! Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like the F-bombs. Yeah. Anyway. Gordon Ramsay is awesome. He is one of my favorite characters on TV. All right, so let's go uh, and talk about that. You had the right idea, old man John. If you do have the 511, the Grow More, uh-huh. he says the Alaskan fish, the Grow More fish um, does not ha- smell horrific. It's not like a fresh you know, bed of roses, but it's not uh, you know, bad no. at all. But anyway, the 511 fish, I used to sneak in a teaspoon like per two gallons, like half rate every once in a while, you know, just off the vibe, you know, just looking at them. If they gave me that vibe, hey, we want a little fish today. But really, you could use it at a teaspoon per two gallons. Um, I would cut it out maybe. And this all depends on where you're at and, you know, what, how long your strain's going to flower for. But, you know, once you hit prime time flowering, a lot of strains, week five and a half, six, I'd go into six, maybe barely one watering, and then I'd cut it out completely. Uh, but using it at half rate, I didn't really have any issues with it. We would tell you it would help bring the dank, a little bit of, you know, different attributes. If you're not using any fish products at all, I do like to use some fish products. So another way, uh, like I've done, you can top dress really lightly as well. You could top dress with a grow, a grow guano, and you could also top dress with bio, bio lives one from, uh, down to, down to earth organics is a company down to earth products. They have some good top dresses as well. If you just do it real lightly, you know, like half rate, then you're going to get some benefit from that too. But nitrogen from somewhere. Nitrogen from microbes. Yeah, that too. You know, nitrogen fixing microbes. um, Definitely. That will help out doing, uh, I know Mammoth P, weren't they working on a microbe that would do nitrogen fixing instead of, or like helping the veg side instead of bloom? Brother. Oh, I sound like a broken record. What? But, I mean, Recharge has amazing nitrogen sol- solubilizing bacteria in it. You know, that's what I would be using. I would be using Recharge and 511 fish fertilizer, uh, and you're going to get nitrogen in your plants. Absolutely very simple. So I don't want to sound like a broken no. record, but, you know, fuck it, man. It's the product of the show, and when it fits in and can absolutely help somebody, I'm going to fucking say it, you know? Cool. Yeah, no worries. I mean, other than that, just like I said, catching it with a quick foliar spray 
uh, is not a bad idea either. Just doing, we used to do sprays with a little bit of kelp. You can definitely put that fish in a quart, you know, teaspoon in a quart, a little bit of fish, a little bit of kelp, throw some whatever, neem, azimax in there if you want, if it's time, but not actually not at that point in flowering, I wouldn't use it. But uh, yeah, and hit it from all angles lightly is the key, you know. You don't want to go in there and just, ooh, let me give it some 11-00. So, and you should be all right, man. I'm glad you made it to harvest. Sometimes, you know, that's, that's the least of some of your problems. A little bit of nitrogen efficiency is, uh, you know, you know what it is. You're not scratching your head, and you know how to handle it next time. They do so. need a little bit, though. It is surprising. You know, everybody's like, oh, cut the nitrogen, cut the nitrogen. But, yeah, you cut it, but you don't cut it out. You just cut it down. Yeah. Right on. Oh, he goes, uh, he's like, thanks, Undershade and Jamie Dodger chimed in. Jamie, Jamie Dodger. He goes, perhaps this explains why Gromore's Calamag has N in it. Because isn't it a 2? I believe it's a 2 on the NPK on Gromore's Calamag, which is why you want to try and cut that Calamag out too when you get into primetime flowering. And they got their new Calamag with no nitrogen in it. So, all right, let's see here. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, you know what? I'm no. trying to get Jake on. He's bu- he's busy these days. He actually showed me. He was at some grow yesterday and showed me some pictures of. He had those 100 uh, watt Spectrum Kings hanging up. He had 100 watts and 315s working in tandem together. I thought that was kind of an interesting setup. No. 100 watts. Yeah, and it was. Like, I don't know. It was a closet case. I think it was the mother's little helper. What's the round one? You know. Uh, Mother's Little Helper and Closet Case they look, look identical. the same. Okay, I'll have to ask him. We'll have to yeah. ask him. We're trying to get him on the show, though. Cool, cool. I would like to hear yeah. that. Then we can ask him all, all the questions about n- nutrient needs. I'm trying to pin him down. I want to ask him to go through week-by-week week nutrient needs for the you know uh, of the plant. I think that would be a real interesting conversation. Cool. Well, uh I definitely, uh, we will. Well, we haven't been bad with our guests lately, man. We've been rotating some guests well, there's through. There's a lot of guests we're also you know, throwing we just... on the wake and bakes. You know, it's, it's more, yeah, yeah true, I'm true. starting to really enjoy, you know, d- doing shows for the members, you know, for the people I know and the people who, you know, I, I know how they grow. I know what they're interested in. So, yeah, that, that kind of, I think you're going to see a lot more content. You know, we did a really good, I, it's, I feel guilty though, and I don't want to keep it just members only content. So, like, um, me and Costa Mesa Steve sat down and did a really interesting greenhouse talk. I think it lasted about an hour. Uh, we talked about this real specific covering that you have to use that has the R value to, you know, to keep some heat in or out. Uh, the type of heaters you're going to have to use. All this kind of real specific cool stuff. And that's the kind of things that, you know, that I want to be bringing to the members. You know, that's the kind of things that I want to be able to continue to make. And thankfully, that kind of shit's really cheap to make. You just call somebody up and record the phone call. Man, go try to make that kitchen, you know, whatever, the uh, grow room nightmares or something where you might actually have to hire somebody who knows how to use a camera or, you know, that kind of stuff. So we'd love to get there. <laughs> it would be pretty yeah, tight. Yeah, it'd be cool. All right. How much more grow talk we got here? Let's see. Keeping, I think I'm going into the double digits in the bong hits now, buddy. And every Two 10 I get, pothead assistant gets one. So you're almost due, man. <laughs> Nutrient lineups, any conflicts, and a grow buddy review. All right. This is from Chris, Ohio. Oh, hi. This- <laughs> what? Oh, oh, yeah, hey, I was going to say, this guy's been, been uh, DGC for years and years, man. <laughs> you got it right, finally, man. I like that. 
I like that. Hey, dude and Scotty. I recently switched to a perpetual grow, clones in an easy cloner under T5 for two to three right. weeks, vegged with CO2 in a closed tent under Spectrum King 400. Somebody serious? Um, for four to five weeks, then moved to a flower room with a Spectrum King 400 plus a 600-watt HPS. Okay. I recently started using grow, the Grow Buddy app, and it's been extremely beneficial. And just to let you guys know, uh, the Grow Buddy app, I still have not used Grow Buddy. We Grow Buddy, I don't have anything against. They've been trying to line up with me, and it's just all the time in the day that I got. So, I mean, we don't really officially have anything to do with them, FYI, but it's cool to get some feedback here. Um, it says it's been extremely beneficial, the Grow Buddy app, and switching to a perpetual grow. It allows me to keep organized, helps with feeding, and certainly it will be great for comparing pheno and crop results. Um, it also helps with communication if you have more than one person in a garden. Downside. So guys, perpetual grow, if you don't know, it's just some, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to, you can't just roll in there with your 30 gal res and water everything. So you can, you know, you have different plants and different phases of growth all across your garden. Some are finishing, some are mid bloom, some need the bloom booster. And it's, it's, is a, a good time to try and keep track of things and keep organized. So it goes, it also helps with communication. If you have more than one person downside is some things are easier on the iPhone app. Others must be done on a tablet or desktop. I'm waiting to get rid of some of the products in my garden and add others. I'm always doing that, man. Um, I was looking on some feedback from you guys on what can some some out or what should be added. Okay, so let's just do a quick, uh, what do they call it? when you? Oh, audit. Let's audit it real quick. Whoa, this just got serious. I'm way too stoned to audit anything, man. That's what I say you there. You're just ripping <laughs> bongs. That's fine. You can just keep ripping bongs. I'll keep talking. The base is base nutrients, GH three part. So uh, it, was just, it will be six plus months still before this is replaced, just due to his current just, stock. He's got six um, gallons, so, man. I got the six gal. The silica is Armor SI. That's a GH Good product. product. Calmegs, G- Cali, Cali Magic from GH. Bloom Booster, GH Liquid Cool Bloom. I've never used that product. I have. Uh, he's, he's looking to replace maybe PK13 by Canna. Not sure. Enzyme, Canazyme. Um, recently picked up as he plans to reuse his cocoa, planned a double dose before moving to a cloner. And if you listen to, I don't know if we were recording or not, like definitely Chet said some of their scientists, Chet from Canada. Oh, yeah, we were recording um, that. He was saying that that cocoa is meant to break down and release potassium at a specific time. And, well, and they've been reusing it full that's on. That's what I mean. Uh, One time approval with no, like no issues, no issues. So um, he goes, so he's going to um, plan to double dose the canazine before moving from cloner to cocoa to break down the old roots left behind. Good idea. His beneficials, um, HydroGuard. Uh, HydroGuard's a Botanicare product, which I don't even, I thought what, for a while there they put like chicken shit on the label. As, yeah, they, they uh, composted think chicken thinking, manure or something was, on, was what was on the label. I'm not sure if they're having a labeling <laughs> issue with paying too much for this Dirty or that, tricks. but I'm not positive. Dirty what label that. tricks. It might be one, one strain of bacteria. I'm kind of ignorant in that. And he goes, uh, recharge once a week, great white, used in the cloner. And I'm also looking to add Mammoth P. Any conflicts with HydroGuard and Canazyme? Question mark. I don't think I so, do, do you? I don't think so, no. Uh, I don't think there's any conflicts with Canazyme, obviously properly diluted at label strength or whatever, and any any beneficials. Um, well, I need can I need Canazyme when I'm running. Will I need Canazyme when I'm running Mammoth P? Yeah, I mean, anytime um, you can... You can uh, use an enzyme product the way, oh, what was it, Jake was explaining it. You're kind of like pre-digesting 
the organic materials and making it real easy for the bacteria and uh, fungi to eat. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would think that anytime you're using beneficials, you want to use a, uh, an enzyme. All right, on it goes, finally, I'm looking to add a sweetener. So this is to feed your microbes, unless you're, th- you know, just making sure on the same wavelength there, not sweetening your buds, dude. Leaning towards Terpinator. Any other suggestions? Thanks. Chris from Ohio. I don't know shit about Terpinator. I've used it because I got it for free at a trade show. Uh, there's plenty of good feedback on it. I don't know if it's a sweetener. I don't know what it is. Tell them to call us and we'll figure it out. But, uh... As far as, I mean, if you're already using recharge, like if you're looking to add something sweet to your soil, there's molasses in it, you're good to go there. I don't think Turpinator falls into the product category of just like a sweetener. No, I don't think it's a sweetener. Um, what I've it's used... A, it's a what resin enhancer, no? Or a terpene enhancer? I, I suppose. <laughs> I also would suggest another one to look at, which it just looks like you're trying to... If you're just looking to add something, since you said Turpinator, and you're just looking to add something kind of cool you know that will work well maybe this is what you you don't really rep, i don't have anything this to replace massive from green planet nutrients that's just pretty cool i think it's, a, it's, it's a, what it is it's like they have like a yeah yeah but the way they source it or something's a little different oh, like it's, it's pretty interesting sourced um it's something with the bees i think it has something to do with beehives and it, it's part of the reason all the bees are going extinct because of <laughs> green planet i'm just kidding <laughs> No, they do. Is I'll have to figure it out. It's not. It's not anything bad, but it's a pretty creative source of tricantinol. I don't know if they're the only people doing it, uh, but I know it's not all people source like this. And I like the product. I used it. You heard about if you listened back many episodes. Talked about it plenty. Worked well for me. It's more than just tricantinol. They got other shit in there for sure, and it's a good flowering additive. So, and it's called Massive Man, like Big Bud. All right. Uh, I don't see any conflicts with that. Your nutrients sound good. You got the GH3 part. You're obviously not going to pour it down a drain, nor is it such a horrible product. Uh, the Cool Bloom I'd maybe replace. I don't really like the liquid Cool Bloom. Um, but you said replace with PK1314. That's something you just got to try and see. You're the one that knows, uh, you know. The one thing is if you want results, though, don't change too much at once. One thing um, I will change one thing, of course. I was just going to say, you know, these these newts do have a specific flavor to them. GH does give off a specific flavor. I will say, is that a good thing or a bad it's thing? Okay, you know, it just has its own taste. You know, there's people. You know, if you were to enter this in the cannabis cup, there's people that would taste this right away and be, oh yeah, it was just grown with GH three part. I can tell. <laughs> Gotcha. I don't know if I could, uh, I mean, that maybe because you smoke more than me or that was uh, too many people using GH in South Florida? Uh, no, it just has a, a taste to it is what I'm saying. It, it, you know, there are cleaner nutrients to switch to. I think can is better. You know, just, just straight up. Yeah. You know, I think it ta- the, the end product tastes better. It's just easy to use and it tastes better. So I think that's something you could think about switching up to in the future. Right on. One more grow talk. One more. Hey, grow I, I want to Chris John, boy, man. Uh, Chris from Ohio. Uh, this looks like a serious, beautiful setup. It looks like you really committed to, uh, to to growing the dank, man. So that's awesome. You have to, yeah. This guy yeah. seems really serious, man. Big ups. These are the kind of guys we want in the DGC. Well, if you guys do, before I do the last grow talk question. Use any of these products we're talking about. Talk to the reps. Call these companies or whatever. You know, let them know. Let them know you heard about it on the Dude Grow Show. Helps our street cred. 
as Scott says, definitely not looking to commercialize the hell out of this show. Um, obviously, if you listen to some of the first few, I don't know, I haven't in a while. I should do some comparisons. You do hear some product mentions, but pretty much straight up, it's shit people are using in the crew, stuff we're talking about. I always feel uh, in my gut at the end of the show that I'm talking more grow and trying to help with more knowledge than doing anything else. And that's all that matters to me for the show. And, uh, I mean, there is something to be said. Sometimes we got to worry about paying a few bills. We got the pothead assistant. We got a grow group. Yeah, I mean, now. it's not a we few got, bills. Uh, it's that we decided to make this, you know, to really make it go of this professionally and to uh, hire some people. You know what I mean? So we have some payrolls, <laughs> payroll rather, to, uh, to do. And, you know, anything that we want to do at all costs. So I'm just trying to step it up. I love providing good content, and there's so much to go. I mean, you talk about IPM. You want to talk about greenhouse. You want to talk about you know, field production, all that stuff is, is things that I'm interested in. Organics, man, I'm reading this Teeming with Nutrients book, and it makes you realize how little you know. You know, dumping bottled nutrients on there, hell yeah, you can get great results, but why? You know, so I'm, I'm into it. Right on. Last question, damn it. Right. Damn it, Herms. Oh, man. Looks like I got Herms. I read another member's question, and he was told to use Switch from Optic Foyer. I read further and was told to use Switch and Transport. Is this a must? Also, do you guys have any samples of Transport and Switch around? I do have some Nugs, but there isn't any Transport or Switch in the Nug Vault. Help. <laughs> this will be my best harvest yet. I mean, week three and a half of flower. Also, by the way, I love the show. Drew Beats. Oh, right, right on, man. Thanks. The good, the good news is you got seven comments on this, some good pictures, and nobody thinks you have herms. Yeah, I don't see, yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing it. iWriter said, I think that's just a calyx. I've never had seeds or herms, but I've had plenty of what you are pointing out and never had seeds. If I understand correctly, seeds only develop within the flower or bud of the plant. Good luck. Undershade, no hermes, bro. Male pollen pod will have a small stem and maybe be rounder than a calyx. All right, Jay Maestro agrees. Everything's good, so you do not need to do anything but keep growing the dank, man. Isn't that, you've ever had a situation like that where you're just like, oh, damn, like what, like something horrible is happening, but actually everything's all good. Have you been tricked yeah, by the garden? Yeah, definitely. I opened up my res one day and saw just tons of little white bugs everywhere, and I was like, dude, they were jumping everywhere. I was like, oh, fuck. I got root aphids, and I went out and bought some Botanigard, ran right out to, and bought Botanigard, then came back, and I'm like, dude, all right, let me put these under, uh, you know, the jeweler's loop or whatever and get a good look at them, and I'm looking, and they're hopping all over the place, and I'm like, huh, do root aphids hop? And so I start, you know, <laughs> and, you know, whatever, probably just ask Google, do root aphids hop? And, you know, all of a sudden it goes, you know, whatever. No, it's not. I found, about 30 seconds, two minutes out of uh, Google search, and I found out they're springtails. And springtails are, they're, they're, all they do is they just uh, feed on decaying organic matter. They're kind of like these jaws that, that grind up organic matter and make it more palatable for, you know, same thing that the, uh, the enzyme does. It breaks it down so that the bacteria can attack it real easy. So they're beneficial. Uh -huh. And I was like, holy shit. So I just left the Botanigard. I never used it. And uh, yeah, sure enough, man, I was, I was going to try to just nuke a bunch of beneficial, <laughs> beneficials, things that prove that your soil food web is working. I was like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. It was the equivalent to like killing Dude, an yeah. earthworm. Oh, my God, I got earthworms. <laughs> the fuck nuke it. <laughs> 
and McClure for it every Yes, <laughs> it really was the equivalent to that. I've never had anything, so I've been perfect. Never yeah, had a problem. That's you. <laughs> I heard that about you, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. All right, man. Well, let's uh, get ready to put it in the bag, I believe. we got episode 303 coming up Wednesday. What's growing on? Uh, have a pretty good show. Sounds like that's going to be a pretty long show. We already got that format done up with all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah, I tell you what, bro. Uh, I had a few beers with Breeder Hank last night, and he, he dude, he's been quietly learning the uh, CBD hemp game and brought all his field tests and you know, lab reports and everything. And, boy, it was really interesting to hear his perspective on – you know, man, some of the mistakes he made, what he's trying to use, what he's using for fertilizer. He's an organic guy using lots of manures and things. He's trying to build carbon and organic material in the soil. So, dude, I got a great education, you know, to start lesson one of a great education, but cool stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. Definitely cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I got some questions. I got a little knowledge on that. Uh, I'd like to have other people chime in on the CBD Hemp game, all that shit, man. That's for sure. Word. We'll take it easy. We will catch you all Wednesday. And stay high, my friends. Take her easy, dude.